It's not just this idea of like, oh yeah, we're going to get there, but it's actually the steps that we're going to take in order to get there. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the numbers on paper that actually matter, mm-hmm. not just having this, this arbitrary goal. But we're saying like, okay, if we want this goal, what do we need to do? And then once we've got some smaller goals in order to get there, what do we actually tangibly need to do each month, each week? It's something that we used to do when we were teaching. It was the big, big planning, medium planning, and short-term planning. Mm-hmm. And you're just breaking down all of these little pieces so that every week we're like, hey, yep, I'm working on this. I know I'm working towards my goal. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Freedom Found Podcast, the podcast for copywriters and marketers with unruly against the grain life goals. I'm Crystal Church, copywriter and coach, and together we'll delve deep into everything it takes to grow a profitable, scalable, and fulfilling business from the ground up. Whether you're just starting out or about to hit your next big milestone, I'm bringing you the truth on both the trending and the timeless business growth strategies so you can live out a freedom-first, impactful life. Welcome to our community. And we are back with another... Off the cuff. ...episode of... The Freedom Found Podcast. <laughs> okay, good enough. We're where, gonna get it one of these days. <laughs> where we believe that success is not random, and with the right community and toolbox, anyone can create a life filled with generosity and impact. A plus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this has been a long time in the making, honestly. This conversation, and we're gonna break down for you our million dollar goal, the five things that are helping us get there. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be. It's going to be big. It's going to be deep. The conversation or the goal? Both. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So this goal, first of all, I think it's important to say it's not necessarily an arbitrary number, but it's based off of how our revenue has grown in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Also, if you've got the arbitrary goal of having a seven figure business, there's nothing wrong with that. But for us, like just talking from a numbers perspective, making a million dollars, like for me was in part okay, that's a milestone that would be really cool. But then more so came from the growth that we've had year over year. Mm -hmm. Our revenue has continued to increase. And so it's the natural next step for us to go there. Yeah, absolutely. And aim for it. And aim for it. Yeah, I think that's an important part that we'll we'll obviously start with today is just aiming for it. Picking a goal that is something that you really want to work towards, something that motivates you. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think too, it's so easy to sit back and say, well, you know, I'm making 200K in my business this year. I have no idea how I would get to a million or I'm making 500K. I I just don't know how I would double that. Or Mm -hmm. I'm still working toward my first six figures. That seems so out of reach. But at the end of the day, you won't get there if you don't have the goal to get there. Like you don't accidentally get to a million dollars, you know, it, it comes from like strategic actions, intentional choices, decision, dedication, all of that. I just want to preface this conversation for you listening. If you are thinking, wow, that seems huge or wow, that is the next goal on my list. I'm really interested in listening on how you guys are working toward getting there. Either side of the coin, I want you to commit to what your next goal is, whether it's a million dollars, whether it's your first hundred K, I don't care. I want you to commit to it because only when you make a commitment Will you actually show up for it? And that is, I haven't told you this, that's half the reason I wanted us to do this episode Uh was because you and I have been talking about this for a few months and looking at things and making strategic decisions for 2024 and how we're moving forward across that year and 2025. And there is something about 
saying it out loud. Yeah. About declaring it. Like, it's like a little bit scary to say it. (laughs) (laughs) And telling other people it. Yeah. Well, that's Like, you can tell yourself. Yeah. But you need to tell other people. Like, you and I have been talking about it. And of course, like, we share this kind of stuff with our friends and what we're working on. Mm -hmm. And they think we're crazy. Crazy in a good way. Yeah. You know, but there's just something different about just this declaration. So I think first declaration is like declaration to self, like this internal promise you make. Mm -hmm. Like, even if you're just whispering it to yourself, like, I think I can do this. I think I can do this. I want to do this. I want to get to that point. And then slowly that becomes louder and Mm -hmm. it becomes more, more concrete in your own mind. And I feel like when it gets to that point, you also then have the confidence to say it to somebody else. Maybe you say it to your partner. Maybe you say it to your friends. Maybe you say it to your business coach. Mm -hmm. And that is when you are in a very precious spot because if you use that power of telling other people to create more momentum behind you, like standing out a little bit louder, making choices that will get you there, Mm -hmm. making investments, making decisions that will help you get to whatever that goal is, then I think there's so much more power and eventually you'll be like us shouting it out loud saying, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what we're working on. And I wanted to have this conversation because I think so many people talk about what they did to make a million dollars. I'm like, well, we haven't made a million dollars yet. I want to talk about how we are going to, what we're in the midst of right Mm -hmm. now. That's the journey. That that it's already building. And yeah, we're already on this journey. And I want to talk about it while we're in it, while we're in the depths, behind the scenes, pulling Mm -hmm. back the curtain, lifting up the hood. What are all the things that people (laughs) say? (laughs) So cliche, but you know, like I think sharing the process is what's fun, you know? And then we can look back after we hit seven figures and say, were we right? Which decisions were the ones that led us here? What did we change? Yes, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And help save you some of that hardship or struggle from those lessons learned. All right. Should we dive into it? Okay, cool. I wanted us to break down like the five key things that we're doing. And this isn't like we're breaking down our five parts of our strategy. There are so many different elements to like strategy. It's very specific and unique. And that's something that we're continuing to develop. If you didn't listen to our last off the cuff episode, you could go back and listen to that. That's about the last big investment we made. And that's one of the pieces at play with many others at play in our seven figure goal that we're working toward. As we go into this, I want us to talk about like the five major overlapping themes or necessities. I don't know what you want to call them. I would them. them fundamentals because I feel like there's so many different ways to get to a million mm-hmm. or to get to your goal, whatever that is. But I feel like these are the five fundamental things that you need to do and achieve in order to hit that goal. You just took that and you made it so much better. <laughs> <laughs> you just take the mic, okay? <laughs> <laughs> just say them words. Let's dig into it. Number one, Dale Darby. Number one, simplicity. Now this is so important and it's something that we have just learned in the last couple of years. Like our first year, we were scattered. We were all over the place. We had big tasks and just trying out everything. 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 Under the sun. I, I say no regrets though. No, of course. You're, that's a learning. You're a sponge phase. Exactly. We'll call that. Yeah. Sponge phase. Yeah. So when you're a sponge, you're picking up everything you're you can. Are picturing a sponge face? No. <laughs> <laughs> like SpongeBob SquarePants or something? No. It's like Sponge Daddy. Our, uh, audi- Daddy. our audience should know that Crystal is very weird. <laughs> I, yeah, you guys don't see that side of me very often. I'm pretty weird, yeah. And my jokes are pretty stupid. <laughs> but anyway, sponge phase. The sponge phase is obviously when you're, you're learning F-A-Z. everything. You're trying, you're trying everything. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to make a podcast here. <laughs> you're trying everything. Um, and really just that it took the last couple of years for us to realize that we needed to be more simple in our approach. Yes. 
So you would have seen, if you've been following around, I know many of our podcast listeners have been here since the early days when I started this business and then soon after when Dale came in and kind of through this whole journey, you would have seen last year us kind of put the brakes on a lot of different offers, even Mm -hmm. though they were selling, they were working, I enjoyed doing them because I felt like there was no way for us to be able to, you know, market everything and fulfill everything Mm -hmm. in the way that I wanted us to and to the standards that I wanted us to. Like if you've got, you know, five, six different offers that you're trying to sell at any given time, Mm -hmm. that's really complicated. You need to be very narrow in who you're speaking to, what you're speaking to them about, what you're offering. Mm -hmm. And then of course the larger piece is fulfillment on the other side once they become a customer. For sure. It's complicated for you and it's complicated for your audience to be being bombarded with different offers all the time. And it's enough for us to have two sides of the business, like the boutique agency and then the education side. Like Mm -hmm. that's enough. I didn't need to have 20 different things under the education side. No, because it comes down to everything takes time. It's that simple. Every single piece of your business takes time. And so you literally can't do everything because that would be an infinite amount of time. And that's actually a blessing because as soon as I got rid of that, like last year this time, I think was when I did the last cohort, the live cohort of Elevated Brand Accelerator, Mm -hmm. which is available now as a self-paced course. That program helps you get to 5K and doing the last live cohort, which is you basically go through the course and then have some calls and, and coaching attached to that. Once we completed it, oh my gosh, my brain was so much more free Mm -hmm. to just ideate, to have white space on my calendar, and then also to focus on our primary education offer, which is the mastermind. Yeah. You're basically just stacking your time. Like once you've cleared off all of your other other responsibilities, apart from your main focuses, then you're stacking all of that extra time that you were putting onto everything Mm -hmm. into those two main focuses. Yeah. And I will say like more specifically as well, we spent a lot of time building out education products in the first couple of years, which is great. And we still add to it. Like we just added sold before the sale masterclass, but at a much slower rate, Mm -hmm. we're adding to it than we used to because it's not the primary focus right now. Yeah. That's more passive background stuff. People find us on, find it on the website. They read the sales page. Yes. Well, and we've got some funnels as well, but then we've also got the copywriting agency. And once I released some of that responsibility for the coaching, I was like, Oh wow, I could increase capacity in the agency Mm -hmm. because now I have this time. It was just best of both worlds. Yep. So simplicity. But that's not just with your offers. That's like one piece of it, right? Is your offers. But the next piece is like your team. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This year we went from, I'm trying to count. Did we have like six, like core team members? I think so. Seven. seven. Yeah. Yeah, Core team members now down to three or four, one, two, three, four, four core team members. That has felt so good. It was liberating. Yes. It was liberating. Because everybody's always like, build a team, have 30 people on your team. Like, no. I need to have a whole conversation about that because I learned so much about, first of all, building out a team that I thought I should have, what Mm -hmm. everybody told me to have, what people had advised me to have, looking at my business and saying, okay, well, it looks like you need this person for this role. You need a marketing coordinator here and you need this person there and you need that person over here. At the end of the day, we got rid of several, three of those core roles Mm -hmm. and it has been exactly what we needed. And we did some restructuring. So we changed up the job descriptions and actual role responsibilities for some. And we realized like we didn't need everything that we thought that we did. And it was making it really 
complicated. Yeah, it was. And that ties in with simplifying your offers and your business model is then you need, you've got simplified team requirements. Team requirements. And now with AI as well, benefit is like the playing field is a bit leveled. We're able to capitalize on some things with AI to allow us to have team members basically going in and checking or reviewing instead of doing everything from scratch or creating more automations. And yeah, the team simplification has been a huge game changer and financially really great for us because obviously our profit margins are higher now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the whole idea of hiring a huge team, it's obviously something that you do need to do when Mm -hmm. you're making seven figures. Well, I don't know. I think I might disagree with you on that. Let's take Laura Belgray as an example. So she's been running a seven figure business for many years as primarily a solo entrepreneur while she owns the business and she's the only employee of it and she's outsourced to a couple of contractors. That's it. Sure. So primarily running the business on her own. I think she has an OBM. She did an article See if I can find the link to it to share in this. I think it's in New York Times or Business Insider or something where she kind of dissected who she has helping her and how she's done it on her own. I think it depends. Her business model is very simple. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know Laura Belgray, she is a really funny writer, primarily has grown her business via her email list and selling a couple of like email courses. And that's a really simplified way to scale. Mm -hmm. So coming back, giving us extra check marks on simplicity here. Simplified helped her scale to a million. She hasn't needed to hire anybody else for it. A different type of business model might actually require a team, like you're talking about, for sure. Like you and I can't run on as few people as she runs on because we've got the agency and Mm -hmm. we've got advisors in the program and and just other aspects of the business. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, yeah, it depends on your business model, Mm -hmm. which leads us nicely onto fundamental number two, having a scalable business model. Now, we throw this term around a lot, scalable, in the industry. A lot of people mix it up with linear growth, but scalable is really just being able to multiply. Just to clarify that at the very beginning, having a business model that you can multiply and isn't requiring all of your one-to-one time in order to grow. Because I think that at least we see a lot of people who come to us and they're maxed out on time and they're maxed out on finances. And we say to them, like, how how could you possibly make more money if you've already maxed out your time? Right. And there isn't a way. No. There, there are very limited choices that you have. If you want to make more money, you can increase your prices or you can find a way to serve more people with the same amount of time. Or you can just sleep less. And just... <laughs> okay, fine. There's three ways. <laughs> there are three ways. Yeah. For, so for the scalability part of it, this is something that you and I have been very aware of our goals, our financial goals for a long time. And it's not like we woke up this year and we were like, we're, our next goal is a million dollars. And like, this is something that we've, we've known is coming and, and that we're able to build toward. Mm-hmm. And so like we've been planting the seeds for a while. Some of them have been germinating for a really long time, growing, like for example, the agency. Like I hired my first junior copywriter like two years ago, mm-hmm. I think. So that was something that I wanted to test out, see if I liked it. Okay, I liked it. So then I hired more and we, we continued to develop that side of things. And then in terms of business model, really thinking about simplifying and saying, we've got the agency on one side 
And then we're getting rid of EBA on the other side. We're not really prioritizing creating new like passive education and we'll just focus on like FFC, for example. So we really only have those two primary things yeah. in action. I think that's a good good path for a lot of service providers is just having their service provider as a little money-making um, side hustle and then gradually shifting away from that into whatever your scalable offer is. Mm-hmm. And that could be coaching. It could be passive courses. Could be or an agency. Consultancy. It could be an agency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just making sure that you have a scalable offer that can actually take you to an amount that's more than you can put into on your own. Yeah, especially if you don't want to be doing one-to-one work for the next like 10, 20, 30 years till you retire, whenever mm-hmm. that is, right? So scalable business model, this is huge for us. We're prioritizing, obviously we've got two arms of the business. So for us, it's a tad more complicated than somebody else, but we've simplified it as much as we can. So we've got the two sides, the agency and then the education side. Mm-hmm. That is what's going to carry us to a million but that's not the only thing because that brings us on to fundamental number three. Which is? Strategy. Mm. Strategy is another one of those words that comes up a lot. But at the end of the day, if you want to get to a million dollars, you don't get there by accident. Like I said, you need a strategy to get there. You need a plan. A plan. So having the scalable business model isn't necessarily a strategy. That is your framework. That's the, the skeleton of how you're going to get there. The strategy is how you're going to this is gross. Put the meat on the bones. <laughs> I should have gone with a different a analogy. Weird, weird. <laughs> it's like one of those weird chat GPT analogies. <laughs> okay. But you get my drift, right? Yeah. yeah. So the strategy is more, it's more personalized to you. And there, there are some cookie cutter strategies out there that you could follow that we could follow. But you and I, what I really love about it is we take a lot of time mm-hmm. to map out our strategy strategy very intentionally so that we're not just like throwing spaghetti at the wall and there's a a lot of evidence either backing up the strategy evidence from our own business what we've done what's worked in the past and or others maybe it's somebody that we've hired to support us or something we're investing in and then the other side of it is being able to actually see how it compounds over time and the strategy builds once it's executed Mm -hmm. upon absolutely And I prefer using the term plan, at least for us, because it's what we follow. It's not just this idea of like, oh, yeah, we're going to get there. But it's actually the steps that we're going to take in order to get there. It's the the numbers on paper that actually matter, Mm -hmm. not just having this this arbitrary goal. But we're saying like, okay, if we want this goal, what do we need to do? And then once we've got some smaller goals in order to get there, what do we actually tangibly need to do each month, each week? It's something that we used to do when we were teaching. It was the... Big, big planning, medium planning, and short-term planning. Mm-hmm. And you're just breaking down all of these little pieces so that every week we're like, hey, yep, I'm working on this. I know I'm working towards my goal. Mm-hmm. And that motivates me as well. I don't know about yeah. you. Yeah, for sure. And I think what I like that we took from teaching as well is like the precursor to that. Mm-hmm. And we did this a lot with students was like visual thinking. Do you remember oh, yeah, that? Yeah. And we do it now. Like we haven't called it that, but that's what we do. What we call it is our big paper sessions. Big paper sessions. <laughs> big paper. So I'll run into <laughs> Dale and I'll be like, do you feel like having a big paper session? I really want to map out, you know, something new for the podcast or map out something for the mastermind mm-hmm. or map out this new marketing idea I have. And like big paper session 
is really like us with flip chart paper like that we had in our classroom as teachers. Yeah. Drawing diagrams, drawing yes. flow charts. Like brain dumps. Yeah. Yes. Uh, if you've never heard of visible thinking, it's it's from Harvard. It's not just something that we just made up. And it's a trusted educational process that we use um, in the classroom. But it's also just so, so good for mapping out your ideas and getting motivated on really how you're going to achieve a big goal. Mm-hmm. And the idea is... We've got a lot of thoughts rattling around in our mind. Sometimes we feel a bit wired thinking about everything, trying to sort through it. What we want to do is make it visible. So you're getting those thoughts and you're putting them on paper in different, like, let's say from different prompts or different organizational, like visually organizational ways on the paper. Mm -hmm. You and I actually spent several months, two months? I think it was about two months. Yeah. Earlier this year. Literally our primary full-time job, we would like do what we needed to do in terms of checking in with team, clients, projects, and then the rest of the time, you and I were every single day or every other day having these big paper strategy sessions. All of my multicolor felt tips are are worn out. (laughs) But that, I can't even say how valuable that was for us. Yeah. I don't even think that we know how valuable yet. Like already this year, it has changed so much of what we're doing, at least 50% of what we're doing in the business. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Yeah, maybe more than that. I would say that's one of the biggest changes that at least I myself have had in the business in the last couple of years. And that sounds silly because it's just drawing some stuff out on paper mm-hmm. and like really just reverse engineering a goal. But it's so powerful. At least we, we spoke last episode about these, these mental changes that you go through, these energetic shifts. I feel like for me, that was an energetic shift. It's not mm-hmm. just having this goal and being like, oh gosh, I wish someday I'll get there. But even like we map out worst case scenario, best case scenario, medium case scenario. You're saying even if I hit my worst case scenario, mm-hmm. like things are going to be great. Yeah. Things are, things can't get worse. We just got to follow this path. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so it's mapping out like the strategy for growth, but then we also use this to map out the inner workings of that. Like earlier this year, when we did a lot of this mapping, it was around our million dollar plan, our scalability and the business model, but it was also more fine detailed than that. And we got into a lot of the structure of the mastermind Mm -hmm. and we were like, okay, how do we deliver an even better experience for people? What is it that they really need? Mm -hmm. We looked at a lot of our like client surveys and intake forms and application forms. And we looked for patterns of what people were talking about and put that down on paper. And like that allowed us to go from one page to then narrowing down or let's say distilling those responses to the next page on the paper to us actually creating a curriculum and a structure for the program that was exactly what people were looking for yeah like client success is so so important to us we are not the kind of people that just want to sell something and then no sell something and then not deliver like that's that's a crap feeling and it's Mm -hmm. a crap business model and it doesn't help you grow but like this this was how we actually make the difference in people's businesses Mm -hmm. so if you have not done this know that whether you're working toward a million or you're working toward your you know first multi-six figure year get some time on your calendar to just write it out draw it out brain dump and get clear on what your strategy is for growth Mm mm-hmm our strategy is going to be like an affiliate code for big paper that we have for Amazon. No. <laughs> jokes, jokes. Okay, so we've covered so far simplicity, scalability, and strategy, of course. For us, like our strategy too is something that we're still developing. I think that we should definitely do an episode on this in the future and yeah. really talk about it. Like our strategy 
to help us get to a million. And then once we're there, really reflect on what, what worked, what didn't work. Mm -hmm. But at this point, we're still developing some core areas of it. So I'm going to let the rest of that sit for now. And part of that comes down to the investment we just made. Next up, we've got fundamental number four, mindset. Mm. So important. What are your thoughts on this? I just thought it was so woo when I first got into business. <laughs> I thought you would say oh that. Oh my God, it's so mindset. I need to do this. And you're like, no, no, this is so, so fundamental to everything that we do mm-hmm. is having the right mindset. What taught you that? Experience. Maybe some of the hard times mm-hmm. when you don't feel like you can do it and you need to have somebody else, like a supportive partner like Crystal, <laughs> who kind of helps you with that kind of stuff. She's so good. She's like my coach. <laughs> yeah, but also that's you. Like you shifting your mindset, that's you doing that. Yeah, it is a personal personal process as well. Yeah. But yeah, I think that having those shifts in mindset and not just being like, I believe in myself. Like there's mm-hmm. there's so much more to it than that. And it's a continual journey as well. Like at every every milestone, there are different shifts in mindset you need to have. So let's talk about mindset to get to seven figures. Have you needed to address certain beliefs that you have had about the amount of money we could make, what it would take to get there, like what specifically has come up for you over the last six months as we've been talking about this and laying out our strategy and starting to deploy it? Well, I think that I'll start off just because it's a funny story and we've mentioned on the podcast before, like when I was a teacher and Crystal came to me with, with her first idea to be a copywriter and she said, some people are making $300,000. I remember that we were at the uh, beach on Sentosa. And I was just like, she's crazy. <laughs> she's lost it. We were like swimming in the water and I was like, no, babe, I'm serious. I saw on Instagram. <laughs> I know, and that's definitely a, not a credibility marker. <laughs> you were skeptical, but that's okay. Yeah. And then throughout the next couple of years, just being like, oh, that is possible. Oh, that is possible. Mm-hmm. And even now, like you hear about people making 10 million and that's not our goal right now or maybe, Yet. maybe not ever. Maybe. (laughs) You should see my face. I'm like, yeah, Yeah. that's the next step. (laughs) But I think that it's just constantly challenging yourself to to unbox your beliefs. Yes. I feel like we are in these boxes and it's like Russian dolls. You've got this box of your beliefs. And it's only as you get older and you go through these experiences that you realize the box you were in five years ago, ten years ago. It's this tiny little box and view of the world. Mm. And you're just gradually expanding that, opening it up into more of a comprehensive view of the way that the world can be and the way your life can be. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it is just unraveling the beliefs that were kind of forced upon us around how society works, how a career works, how money making works. I mean, I would have been happy in another career to, you know, make $50,000 as a teacher back home. Mm-hmm. You know, that would have been just incredible. Yeah. And it's like, as soon as you start to realize that there are other options available and we're one of the first generations who has the ability to just go out and do this. And so unlearning what those expectations were from society and like redefining it has been really big for me. Yeah. Unlearning is such a good term for it. I was speaking to a friend recently. She's a head teacher. And when she heard that copywriters can make... That's a principal for those in the US. (laughs) Head teacher. When she heard that copywriters can make... She's a floating head. (laughs) She's a weird one. When she said that, when she heard that copywriters can make 5k a month, which is, which is a good goal. She was just blown away. And she's, Mm -hmm. she been working her whole life at a job that she, she enjoyed at times and she she didn't enjoy it other times. And she was making just above that. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
there was just a look on her face where her mind was opened a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important thing for everybody just to realize that there's so much potential for what you want out of life and we need to unlearn what society teaches you. And she's interested in doing it now because yeah. she's she's changing her career. So yeah, I think for for this mindset piece, everybody's going to go on their own journey. And like yours sounds like it was more around like the money mindset and mm-hmm. the possibilities. I think for me, it's been a constant evolution of just believing in myself an unwillingness to give up. And it's just been more about building a resilient mindset, mm-hmm. you know, like things are going to be hard. And now I think I've gotten to the point where the best things have happened in the business. The worst things have happened. And I know on both sides of it, I'm fine. And so like, I feel so resilient and like, I'm not emotionally attached to the business in the way that I was in the the early days. I say that it's still early days. It's crazy. But like, I know that I've got the resilience to move forward into this goal and whatever's going to be thrown at us. Mm -hmm. Fine. Okay, cool. We'll figure it out. I think that's huge. That's that's big for life as well. Yeah. Like we we obviously we talk about business a lot, um, but if you can have that radical optimism for life and just be able to say, "I know there's going to be hard times, but mm-hmm. I'll be okay." Yes. there'll be great times, there'll be hard times, but I'll be okay. Exactly, it'll all work out. It gives you a lot of peace. It does. So mindset is key. It's going to be different for everybody. Maybe for you listening, it's money mindset. Maybe it's working on that resiliency and remembering that not everything's going to work out and it's not supposed to. Some of the biggest skills I have now were learned from things that didn't work out that Mm -hmm. didn't go my way. And now I can go and approach a situation and I am so much stronger and more capable for it. So maybe it's resiliency. Maybe it's you developing your own confidence in doing something and in stepping out. And instead of wondering who am I saying, this is who I am. This is how I can help Mm -hmm. somebody. This is the impact that I'm here to create. So the last piece the last fundamental, as you call it, is consistency. And I know so many people talk about this and I think so many of us ignore it. <laughs> Myself included at times. Yeah, you're like, like I'm, I'm working every day. I'm being consistent. I'm Tick. a fresh start kind of person. Let me just say this. <laughs> like I am addicted to fresh starts. That's why in the last 11 years, I've lived on like four different, five different continents. Yeah. I need to count that. Five continents. Hopping around to different countries. Hopping around to different countries. I love new things. I love fresh beginnings. Consistency is the opposite of that. And consistency sometimes also leads into doing things that are monotonous Mm -hmm. and continuing to do the same thing over and over. And consistency is one of the things, if I had to choose something I wish I had done more of or a regret I have in the past, Mm -hmm. it's not being more consistent on certain things that I set, like for example, goals or something I was going to do and either giving up too soon or just being a regular with it. Yeah. Tying that back to the simplicity at the beginning, like if you can be consistent on one thing, you're going to be way further than a lot. I don't know. The point I'm making is that sometimes we're so scattered that we can't be consistent on one thing because we're trying to do everything. Mm -hmm. And so consistency ties really well in with simplicity because when you have simplicity and focus, then you can be consistent. Well, maybe. Yes. I mean, if you get the mindset for it, (laughs) see how they all work in tandem. I I think that that's so true. And I'm glad you tied it back to simplicity because if, if you don't have simplicity, it's going to feel like a scattershot. Mm -hmm. You're going to feel so stressed 
when you sit down at your laptop every day, you don't know where to start. You don't know what you should spend the next hour doing. And you're doing a little of this and a little of that. And I have been there and it sucks. When you get focused, your energy, your time, based on your simplified, scalable business model, you've got the strategy to back it and the mindset to carry you through. All you have to do is put one foot in front of the next. That's consistency. Just keep doing it. Every single fucking day. And at the end, you're going to be miles down the road from where you started and miles down the road from everybody else who is not being consistent. Exactly. Like this is how you step apart and stand out from everybody else. Mm-hmm. This is how you move forward. And it, it shows. It does show, but we get so caught up in wanting some sort of quick win. And it's like most of the time, these overnight success stories of a million dollars in 90 days they're just not realistic for the majority of businesses that are growing. Or they're right? just one little snapshot of somebody's whole journey. A lot of the time people are like, oh, I made like a million dollars in my first six months. And you're like, but were you doing business for the five years before that? Yes. Learning all these lessons? That's very common. That's not usually that person's first business. Yeah. It's usually their third, their fourth, their fifth business. Mm-hmm. So they're carrying all of this knowledge and expertise with them into this new business. Mm-hmm. Very different. So if you can be consistent, And this is what I feel like you and I are doing really well at this year is reminding ourselves simplicity, no shiny objects, (laughs) being consistent. And we've done a really good job at it. And I'm really proud of us. There's still things, you know, I think that we can improve upon and we will. But the consistency of showing up day in and day out for ourselves, for our big vision, for our future dream life like that that is all that matters. And that's what will create success and not just financial success, but it's not just about having a million dollars. It's like what that allows us to do, Mm -hmm. make a bigger impact, buy my mom a house. I know shit like that. Yeah. So many people need houses. I know we have like like five people on our list in our family that we're like, okay, so we'll buy them a house, them a house. (laughs) Okay. So that's why, that's why the 10 million has to be the next goal. (laughs) They can have small houses. (laughs) Okay, so I hope that this has been an insightful conversation for you around the five fundamentals, as Dale so wisely put it, that you need to reach your next big financial goal. And whether that's a million, that's 10 million, or you're working toward a 50, $100 million exit in your business, stay consistent, stay simplified, have a scalable, focused business model, and have the mindset to carry you through it. Mm -hmm. And you don't need all of them at once. Layer them in over time. And write these five things down and think, okay, I feel like I've got this unlocked. What do I need to work on next? Mm -hmm. Get some big paper. Get some big fucking paper. (laughs) All right. Love you guys. Catch you on the next episode. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being a part of this growing community. If you enjoyed listening to this free episode, the most impactful thing you can help us do is head over to leave a review or forward this episode to a copywriter or entrepreneur friend who you know would head not along to today's conversation and use the key takeaways to create more growth in their own business. Thank you for your support and catch you next time.